And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Coming to you from Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast and bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and illusion is usually king. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. I'd love to hear from listeners. Shoot me an email. The address is RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or call the vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. So, what happened to Obama's endorsement? That thing sort of fell flat. You know, it was just the day before yesterday that uh, after waiting for every other Democrat candidate to... fall out. He finally came out and accepted the inevitable. He had to endorse sleepy Joe Biden after he had talked him out of running for president in 2016 and then tried to talk him out of it again this year. Uh, Joe was finally drug over the line by the Democrat establishment and uh, Obama had no other choice but to come out and endorse his former vice president. The problem is... uh, Obama really doesn't understand the news cycle. He doesn't, he doesn't understand the, the modern state of uh, politics. He's got all of the media behind him. He's got all of these uh, lefties and Democrats on social media fawning all over him. But, you know, he came out and he did this long, boring endorsement. It took, I think it was 12 or 13 minutes long, and it took him to about the 10th minute to even get around to endorsing Joe Biden. And he spent almost as much time talking about how wonderful Bernie was than he did his own vice president. And when he did compliment Sleepy Joe, it was just this boilerplate, you know, pablum. He really couldn't cite any accomplishments or, or anything that uh, Joe, Joe Biden could point to to give uh, the voters any confidence that he's actually up to this task. But it was it was just the day before yesterday, the thing that everybody had been waiting on, the chosen one came out from on high and endorsed Sleepy Joe. And by the middle of uh, yesterday, nobody was talking about it anymore. It was gone. The move cycle the news cycle had moved on. And it, it sort of illustrates the talent that uh, Trump had developed over those 14 years that he was hosting uh, the apprentice, he knows how to get attention. He knows how to do something controversial. He knows how to own the stage and he doesn't make a statement and step off. He keeps, um, you know, in the news cycle constantly. And I guess with our short attention span that has developed in this age of social media, that's, that's what is necessary for, for someone to command the stage. Did you see that New York has now added uh, 3,700 more cases uh, to its death toll from coronavirus? Now, these aren't new patients that came in and died, you know, in ICU or on the ventilator. These are people that um, New York City just went back and uh, with a stroke of a pen decided that they were coronavirus victims. They were presumed 
to be coronavirus victims. And I'll tell you what this is all about. Um, the federal government is paying cash money. I think I've heard anywhere from nineteen to $32,000 per death case. And in um, New York City, you know, never, never going to miss an opportunity to get paid. And, uh, and so they've just upped their numbers artificially. You know, we don't even know how many of these, I think we're, we're, uh, at about, I, I haven't looked at the, uh, most recent numbers. Let me, let me check it out. What, what is the current death toll from COVID-19, the Wuhan virus? We are now at, uh, I got a terrible chart here. 22,000, no, uh, total deaths, 28,579. So we're, we're about on pace to reach that 50,000 mark. Of course, when they finally do open this economy, there's going to continue to be some deaths as, um, as people that have been out inside their house and are susceptible to this virus, a small percentage of the otherwise healthy population does succumb to it. I think there's been about 150 or 200 people that weren't elderly and didn't have any obvious underlying conditions die from this virus. The, uh, the, the Democrats are constantly pushing testing. We need more testing. We got to have more testing. And of course, the reason they're doing that is because the more testing, uh, the more, uh, the higher, the number of confirmed cases there will be. Testing was really, uh, not going to solve anything. This, this whole, Virus is not going to be solved until people come out of their homes, the strong get exposed and develop immunity, a herd immunity, get past it. The virus, uh, you know, has no place else to go. And then a few weeks later, the uh, the elderly and the infirm uh, will will be safe because the virus has moved on past us. You know, I'm old enough to remember when uh, when they quarantined sick people. When I was a kid, German measles was a big thing, and it killed uh, a goodly number of kids every year. And if you got the German measles, the county health department would come around uh, on notice from your doctor, come around to your house, tell you uh, that you were to stay inside for a certain number of days. I can't remember how it was. Put a put a yellow, no, it was a pink notice on your door, and you were to stay indoors. There are people that are saying that, uh, you know, that's how we should have handled this. The problem was, of course, that it moves so fast that, uh, that you couldn't keep up with it. The, and everybody is starting to realize that we've been had. We're led by a bunch of morons. These, uh, these people, these government bureaucrats who always, uh, you know, make the worst case scenario. They went and buffaloed the president into uh, this shutdown by telling him it could be Two and a half million people that die was totally unnecessary. And, um, and if, if they had done, you know, what's traditionally done in these things, uh, hide away the, the, uh, vulnerable population, let everybody else go ahead and get it and develop antibodies and move on. This thing would be over by now. Instead, we're, well, we got two more weeks to go on this, this current shutdown. It will be, uh, It'll be about 45 days. 
yeah, it'll be 45 days when it's all over with that we've been locked indoors. That's it. That's for the states that uh, that do go ahead and lift the shutdown. I expect my state of Florida, who is led by a common sense Republican uh, DeSantis, I believe we'll, we'll, we'll probably go ahead and start incrementally opening up uh, the economy. I expect Texas will, too. And then it'll be like opening the floodgates because all of these other governors are going to have some uh, cover for their butts. They're not going to be the first to go out on that limb. Uh, but once once the governors start opening back up, with the exception possibly of the Northeast, um, we'll go ahead and get back to work. That's if the president has the good sense to stop listening to Anthony Fauci. I don't want to. I don't want to cast aspersions on him. I don't. I know he's doing what he thinks best, but he he called this one totally wrong. Well, yesterday and this morning have been the the big who backlash. Who are you? So you know, there uh, the the president announced it yesterday's was it yesterday's news conference? Maybe it was Tuesday's that he's uh, temporarily putting a hold on further funding of the. Um, the World Health Organization, because uh, they allowed themselves to be used by China to unleash this virus on the rest of the world. It's starting to starting to sink in. Something that I've been saying for months when everybody was saying it was a conspiracy theory that this virus had uh, emerged out of this germ viral um, lab there, uh, even the Washington Post has now writ- written a story that, uh, yeah, <laughs> it it emerged from the lab. It came out of the lab. You've got actually got a, a a a paper, a study that was conducted by the South China University that said that, and that's come to light. And now they're looking back, and it's quite clear that it came out of the lab. And so, after calling everybody conspiracy theorists and and um, suppressing them on social media and kicking them off of Facebook. They're finally getting around to admitting that this virus came out of the lab, but they, they, they want you to believe that they know for a fact that it was an accident. There's no way it could have come out of there on purpose. Anybody that says that is going to be a conspiracy theorist now too. But if you look at the actions of the Chinese... This virus came out of the lab. Did they do their uh, their contact tracing? Did they try to contain it? Did they announce uh, through the World Health Organization that we've got a terribly contagious virus on our hands? Everybody, um, you know, shut their borders to travel. No, they kept a lid on it for between six weeks and two months and allowed people from that uh, that region to fly on aircraft all across the world and infect the world. So we're supposed to just give them the benefit of the doubt that it was an accident that it escaped the lab when we know it wasn't an accident, that they knew it had escaped the lab, and they went ahead and allowed the rest of the world to get infected anyway through their disinformation that was aided and abetted by um, by old Boutros Boutros, what's his name over there at the World Health Organization, the little Ethiopian Marxist dictator. Jesse Waters was excellent on this on yesterday's uh, The Five. I'm going to play you this clip. And he uh, 
He says kind of what I said on yesterday's show. I'm not saying he's he's listening to uh, to right now with Jim Dawes, but could be. Hey, Jesse, you think that's the case? Well, no. To Juan's point, the WHO is there to prevent pandemics, and they blew it. So that's over. They're useless now. They're not there to cure pandemics. They're there to prevent, and they failed. Let me just show you a snapshot of the WHO. It, it's rotten from the top. The chairman, Dr. Tedros, do you know who he actually gave a goodwill ambassadorship to? Robert Mugabe of Zimbabwe. The backlash was so strong, he had to rescind it. This guy is from the Marxist Revolutionary Party in Ethiopia. He was part of a regime there that had really brutal crackdowns, human rights atrocities galore. This $200 million they spent in one year on travel is more than they spent fighting malaria, AIDS, and tuberculosis combined. They were booking presidential suites with marble bathrooms. They were doing first-class air. They were doing luxury limousines. So now you have this slush fund run by a Marxist, basically an American expense account, and it's under the UN umbrella. Must I remind everybody about the United Nations? I mean, this is like for uh, Arab dictatorships, European socialists, third world wannabes, and they're all just trying to take down America. It's a patronage mill, and we pay for that patronage mill. And oil for food, the rape scandals in Africa. Yeah, we pay for that patronage scandal, and we pay for these little tin pot dictators to fly around on on their uh, you know first class and stay in fancy hotels and and play big muckety muck and take visits from uh, Hillary Clinton and and Bill Gates and pretend you know that they have the world's uh, well being at heart while they pursue. Their Marxist ideology, and we get to foot the bill for all of it to the tune of about $850 million over the last couple of years. During that same period of time, communist China, who apparently owns Tetros, uh, kicked in about $10 million. So tell you what, Bill Gates and Hillary Clinton and and um, Rachel Maddow, if you are all tore up, that the United States is no longer funding the World Health Organization, just drop a dime to your friends over there in communist China and get them to pick up the slack. How about uh, we've done it for long enough, let China do it. If, If they're going to be a mouthpiece for the communist Chinese dictatorship, let the communist Chinese dictatorship pay the freight. Hey, I want to remind you to go to prepare with mojo50.com that's prepare with mojo50.com and uh, that'll take you over to my patriot supply where you can order your four-week emergency food supply and save a hundred dollars if you do it today it's regularly 297 dollars. you can get it today for 197 dollars and get free shipping and handling same day shipping this is a four-week emergency supply 284 servings 2,000 calories a day Includes breakfast, lunch, dinners, drinks, snacks. You don't want to miss out on this. The two-week supply is already sold out, so go ahead and get the four-week supply, and you'll have a two-week supply for two people. Or you can get two four-week supplies, and you'll be ready the next time uh, they lock us indoors. So did you see those protests in Michigan? That was pretty good. Tens of thousands of angry Michiganders 
Michiganders. That's uh, that's one of the funniest um, state resident monikers they've got going, Michiganders. Tens of thousands of freedom-loving Michiganders converged on Lansing, Michigan to protest the, the Barbie uh, dictator, Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Is it Gretchen? Uh, no, I think it's not Gretchen. But uh, she, has, she has really made a name for herself as she battles the other uh, lady Democrats uh, to get old Joe Biden's attention to be the vice president. She's come out with decree after de- decree. No gardening. You can't buy garden. Uh, you can't buy seeds. No fishing. If you've got a boat on a lake, you can't can't go fishing on the water. You're not allowed to go to your your cabin in the Upper Peninsula. I mean, no justification for any of this stuff. Don't you go to church? And it was glorious to see all those freedom loving people. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer, yeah. Not Greta, Gretchen. She came out yesterday. She said, well, maybe I went a little bit overboard, but uh, it's too cold to uh, exercise your constitutional rights anyway. So we just had snow. I've got snow on the ground here in Michigan right now in Lansing. We're expecting you know, up to 30 inches in the Upper Peninsula. The fact that we're cracking down on people traveling between homes or planting or um, landscaping or golfing really for a couple more weeks isn't going to meaningfully impact people's ability to do it because the snow will do that in and of itself. Hey, it's too cold outside to exercise your freedoms. Shut up and sit down. Go back inside. Don't protest me. You're not going to go out fishing or hunting anyway. This is just a government decree. Everybody chill out. (laughs) Tucker had had Governor Murphy of New Jersey on last night. Now, I got to give it to Governor Murphy. He came on and and he took the the heat, didn't lose his temper, did his best to answer answer all the questions in an even-handed manner, did a pretty good job representing the – the citizens of the of the Garden State. I'm trying to find that clip. Uh, can't find it. Anyway, he uh, Tucker asked him, uh, you know, what gives you the authority to take away people's rights to go to church? He had a, he had arrested 15 um, Jewish people that were attending synagogue, had them t- taken to jail. He said, uh, you know, that's a Uh, protected in the first amendment of the constitution, our right to worship as we see fit. And Murphy's response was, Oh, well that's above my pay grade. (laughs) So protecting constitutional rights is above the pay grade of the governor of New Jersey. You people in New Jersey might not consider that the next time you elect this guy and he takes an oath of office. that sounds something like this. I, Philip Dunton Murphy. I, Philip Dunton Murphy. Elected governor of the state of New Jersey. Elected governor of the state of New Jersey. Do solemnly promise and swear. Do solemnly promise and swear. That I will support. That I will support. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So he took an oath of office. He raised his right hand, put his left hand on a Bible, and he swore to support the Constitution of the United States. But apparently he's unfamiliar with that pesky First Amendment. It's above his pay grade, he says. That's a kind of a, a lame 
asked um, swearing in oath, it's not support the Constitution. It's preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution. That's that's always the oath that I've taken. But uh, Murphy's not familiar with that one. So we got this testing shell game going on that I mentioned back at the beginning of the show. And the reason when you, when you see all these Democrats out there insisting we got to get more testing, we got to get more testing. It's a shell game. They want they want more testing. We've done more testing than any other country in the world by now by a factor of 10. And they've got millions of more on the way. And the more tests they can get, the worse they can claim that Trump's doing in in uh, in this virus because it will discover cases now the vast majority of those uh, those positive tests are going to come with zero symptoms. They're going to be no problem at all. So at the end of this, they will tell us that uh, we pursued the wrong strategy because most people don't show symptoms to the Wuhan virus, except getting this immunity. We would have all had the herd immunity now if we had uh, if we had handled this virus the way we've handled all viruses in the past. But Fauci had to go in and tell Trump that if you don't lock down this country, we liable to use uh, to have 2.2 million deaths on your watch. You know, faced with a, an expert telling you that, I guess you would have to err on the side of caution. As soon as they, um, you know, showed that the, these uh, these models were. Totally wrong. Of course, they said, well, it was all because we were doing the social distancing. So the number went from 2.2 million down to 60,000. What is that? Uh, uh, it's not 10%. It's not 5%. It's uh, it's under, uh, it, it's a small, small uh, percentage of the 2.2 million. And it wasn't because of social distancing. So Bill Gates is out there beating the drum. We got to vaccinate everybody in the world with my vaccine, the vaccine that my company owns stock in and that I've been telling everybody has got to uh, get this vaccine. And if they don't and can't prove that they've got it, they can't travel on airplanes and they, they uh, probably won't be able to get a job either. Swine flu scare of oops, excuse me. So I remember back in the swine flu days, that was, um, I guess that was, uh, that was right before Jimmy Carter. That was in the late seventies when, uh, when they insisted everybody get a, a, a vaccine and a lot of people did. And a lot of people, the vaccine was worse than the swine flu itself. Remember the swine flu scare of 1976? That was the year the U.S. government told us all that swine flu could turn out to be a killer that could spread across the nation. And Washington decided that every man, woman, and child in the nation should get a shot to prevent a nationwide outbreak, a pandemic. Well, 46 million of us obediently took the shot. And now 4,000 Americans are claiming damages from Uncle Sam amounting to $3.5 billion dollars because of what happened when they took that shot. By far the greatest number of the claims, two-thirds of them, are for neurological damage or even death, allegedly triggered by the flu shot. You know what's a great way to get a vaccination? A vaccination gives you immunity. You know another great way to get immunity, in this case, would have 
been to allow people to go ahead and get this virus, a very, very small number of them would have ended up in the hospital, the healthy people. And as I say, lock everybody else away, the elderly and the compromised immune. We got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to catch up on the latest hijinks from Nancy Pelosi. She was on James Corden's Late Show Tuesday evening, and you probably know what she did, but you're going to want to hear my take on it. And then we'll talk about who's Joe Biden going to pick for vice president. Stick with us. We'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. If you have thyroid eye disease and you go through artificial tears in the blink of an eye, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So on the first half hour, I was talking about this protest that uh, they put together up in Michigan. Tens of thousands of freedom-loving Michiganders descended on Lansing, Michigan in their cars and uh, and circled the Capitol. And, uh, and they, they did a really great job. But that was not the takeaway that was uh, in the mainstream media. The mainstream media got a photograph of a bunch of good old boys from Michigan who showed up on the steps of the Capitol building with their ARs and AKs strung over their across their chests. That was the headline on Drudge. That was the headline photograph on Drudge. It was in the Washington Post. It was in the New York Times and Politico. So all of those good freedom-loving Michiganders that showed up, they got to uh, be characterized as uh, one of these guys that thought it was a great idea to show up on the steps of the Capitol with your AR. Now, I I take a back seat to no one in my support for the Second Amendment. I believe that our founders meant for us to have weapons, and one of the things they wanted us to happen, have weapons for is to defend ourselves against an overbearing government. But there have been no shots fired, and uh, and and showing up with your AR on the steps of the Capitol building is hurting the cause both the cause of uh, getting this uh, lockdown lifted because now the the left gets to paint anybody who wants to protest against it as, uh, as somebody 
that uh, is to be feared. And two, it's not doing any good for the cause of the Second Amendment. If you don't have the discretion not to show up, you know, on the steps of the Capitol during a protest brandishing a, uh, a semi-automatic rifle, then they can make a case that you ought not to have a gun. You know, I believe that uh, the, the founders gave us the right to keep and bear arms to protect ourselves from uh, enemies, foreign and domestic, from foreign invasion and from uh, a tyrannical government here at home. I don't think it was about hunting. I don't even think it was so much about self-defense, although those are good, um, you know, uh, benefits from the Second Amendment as well. But, dude, you got you to gotta re- exercise a, a little bit of discretion. You wouldn't, um, you wouldn't show up at a debate, you know, heavily armed. That was a photograph that was taken away. It, uh, it did a lot of damage to the, uh, uh, to the way that this protest was perceived and it, it served no useful purpose other than to allow these guys to, you know, to feel like badasses. They could have carried concealed (laughs) and probably should have carried concealed. So Obama's endorsement fizzled. It didn't even make it through a whole news cycle. He gave a long, boring speech and uh, it was quickly lost. But Nancy Pelosi rushed into the void that was left and appeared on, um, is it called late night with James Corden? A little English, uh, the little pudgy English guy. Um, gay guy, I think he is shows up, you know, and he's, he's interviewing Nancy and she's hunkered down in her San Francisco mansion and she's standing in front of two big sub zero refrigerators, not one $25,000 sub zero refrigerator, but two side by side, two side by sides, side by side. And uh, James Cordner is, you know, asking her, well, well, you know, what are you doing with your time? And uh, and she, you know, pulls out the drawer to display her extensive selection of gourmet designer uh, ice creams. So this woman. She blocked funding for the Paycheck Protection Program that was going to save the jobs of millions of Americans. She blocked two hundred and fifty billion dollars supplemental to that had her um, her butt boy over in the Senate, Chucky Schumer, do a, a filibuster. Then she adjourned the House and fled across the country to, to hide out in her San Francisco mansion. And now we get to see her on James Corden's TV show. And by the way, she posted the video from this appearance on her Twitter account, so she's proud of it standing in front of her two sub-zeros and showing off her collection of designers' ice creams while millions of Americans lose their jobs and have their businesses destroyed. She's out of town. Can't be bothered. Wasn't getting everything she thought she wanted. Here's this clip. I'm going to play it for you. you gotta, you got to really uh, visualize it. You need to go online and, and take a look at this, but I'll, I'll play you the sound from this. It's... Uh, it's pretty disgusting. 
Welcome back. We're here with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and we've asked her to share something from her home for a little late, late show and tell.、Uh, Speaker Pelosi, what have you found? What are you going to share with us from your home? Chocolate. Really? Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate candy. Oh wow! And this is this is something you can get through the mail. Okay.、You、run out. Can I show, show you.、Me. Yeah, absolutely. This is the episode of Cribs. I never knew I needed. Oh my! Wow. Other people in our family go for some other flavors, but chocolate, and then we have some other chocolate here. <laughs> See, I've always felt a connection with you, and now I understand why. Now these are not just any ice creams. These are not your Mayfield Dairies or or even your Briars. These are Jens. Little pints of ice cream and all various、uh, flavors, and Dove bars. Those、uh, those pints of Jen Jen's ice cream go for about fifteen dollars each. She's storing them away in her twenty five thousand dollar one of her twenty five thousand dollar sub zeros. So while you're out there trying to figure out how you're gonna feed your family, hold on to your job, keep your business from being destroyed, Nancy Pelosi. Puts on a filibuster, makes Chucky Schumer put on a filibuster, beats it out of town, and goes on these late night shows to rub your nose in it. Can you imagine the level of arrogance and the the total lack of situational awareness that this woman suffers from? So she's she's not doing legislation anymore. She's no longer interested in that. Apparently, she got all of the billions she needed for her special interests out of the first batch of the stimulus, and now she's hunkered down in San Francisco and she's,、uh, you know,、uh, trolling Donald Trump on Twitter while while Donald Trump is in the White House holding daily briefings, working around the clock, trying to coordinate the response. She's in San Francisco eating designer ice cream. And trolling the president, she said, she repeated、uh, this this fake news story from the Washington Post that payments to、um, the twelve hundred dollar payments to people that were out of work、uh, were delayed while Donald Trump's name was printed on the the checks. You don't have to delay、um, anything to get the name printed on the checks.、Uh, all, all of that is already taken care of. And if you read the story past the first two paragraphs, you can see that it is just an allegation that this happened. When you get down to the third or maybe the fourth paragraph, you find out that there's no truth to it. But Nancy Pelosi has picked this up and run with it. So has Joe Biden. You know, there, I think Joe Biden's going to make this whole campaign about lies. He's going to tell the fine people lie. He's going to tell the coronavirus hoax lie, and now he's going to say that you had to wait. For your relief check, while Donald Trump printed his name on it, and this is Nancy Pelosi that's tweeting this out. She is she is the one that actually held up not only this last stimulus that's still being held up, but she held up the first stimulus for four days, which delayed the relief getting out to the public for almost a week. And she's got the nerve to tweet out, "Well, Donald Trump's printing his name on the relief checks." She's also just insisting that it was illegal for Donald Trump to to halt 
uh, to put a hold on this funding for the World Health Organization. And she's implying that, uh, you know, that's an impeachable offense. I've got a clip here. This is from Nancy Pelosi's opponent in the upcoming. And um, what is her name? What's her name? Deanna, 2020. Uh, a very smart, good-looking woman who Dear- is uh, going to take on Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi's little truth tirade that she tweeted last night. Yes, Nancy, we do deserve to know the truth. Dear Nancy, the truth is that back in January, you were focused solely on impeaching the president and gleefully ripping up the State of the Union. The truth is that Trump took fast and decisive sufficient action with the coronavirus and actually brought the death toll down by the hundreds of thousands. The truth is that Trump never said that his pandemic was a hoax. His supporters are just logical enough to to cheat, told down by the hundreds of thousands. The truth is that Trump never said that his pandemic was a hoax. His supporters are just logical enough to see that much of the numbers that have been pushed through the MSM and the information pushed have been lies and dishonesty, and we could see through those lies. The truth is that while Trump is getting hospitals built and saving lives via natural cures and closing our You've been playing petty political games, withholding money from American workers and pushing no ID mail in voting to make it easier for you to cheat. The truth is that Trump built this strong economy. It wasn't handed to him. And you are happily doing everything in your power to tear down and destroy the economy in a despicable and desperate way to regain power. Well, guess what? The American people are awake and not the mindless sheep that you presume us to be. So that's Deanna. Deanna 2020. She's going to be challenging Nancy Pelosi in the upcoming. Deanna Lorraine is her name. Now, you'll say, well, uh, Nancy Pelosi is a powerhouse in San Francisco. There's no, no chance in hell that she could be beaten by this young upstart. I remember when everybody said that... Um, David Bratt of Virginia, who who unseated the uh, the House Majority Leader, uh, knocked him off. Oh wait, uh, there was also uh, Jim Wright. Jim Wright was Speaker of the House when he lost his race. So it can happen. I know that uh, San Francisco is a, a solidly Democrat district, but you know at some point those people are going to uh, get get tired of dodging the uh, piles of poop in the street and uh, start vote- voting for a change. And, and uh, this is, uh, she, she is a very attractive, articulate alternative to this despicable Nancy Pelosi. Hey, I want to remind you to run over to AmericaFirstRadio.shop. That's AmericaFirstRadio.shop and get your banana bag oral solution. Protect yourself against dehydration. You get five packets, makes, makes eight ounces apiece for $15.50, and you'll get free same-day shipping. This is uh, a, a solution that is formulated by um, a pharmacist. It is full of uh, sodium and chloride, uh, uh, chloride potassium and dextrose. 
and most importantly, is full of B vitamins and C vitamins and an oral oral electrolyte blend. Great for uh, dehydration for overexertion or illness if you have diabetes or an underlying condition. It will restore your energy and restore your immune system as well. It's great for hangovers, by the way, which could come in handy while you're locked inside. It comes in adult and pediatric solutions. Get yours for $15.50, free same-day shipping when you go to AmericaFirstRadio.shop. So, you know, it was last week the president said he has the absolute authority to reopen this economy. He does have the authority to authorize the governors to reopen the economy. But if the uh, governors of a particular state, you know, want to want to keep this uh, quarantine in effect, there's nothing in the Constitution that gives that power to the president. And all all powers that aren't given to the federal government are retained by the states. So you'd have to look, I guess, inside the Constitution and the statutes inside each state to see if the governor actually has the authority to shut down his state. I'm quite convinced they don't have the authority to shut down church services or limit people's freedom of speech. But you know what's interesting about that? The first time you see the Democrats coming out for state states' rights and insisting that Trump's wrong, that... Uh, that it's the governor's call when to reopen their states. And they're, they're right. And Trump has backed off of his original claims and saying, yeah, he's going to issue guidance, but it'll be up to the governors to make their call. So basically what Trump did, and I don't know if it was on purpose, but he seems to do this kind of thing a lot. He had the media make the case that it was the governor's responsibility when to safely open their states and not Trump's responsibility. And now uh, Trump has come out and agreed with them. So they were the ones that, that carried the ball on this. And now I started to say they can't blame Trump, but of course they can and they will. Because whenever we, uh, we lift this quarantine, there are going to be a certain number of people that had not been exposed and that, that, you know, or in the uh, vulnerable community that, uh, that die of it. If the president, uh, you know, said we got to keep the economy shut down, they would blame him for, for uh, you know, destroying the economy. When he when he puts people back to work or says, you know, alters the guidelines, they'll say, well, you you have blood on your hands, you killed people. No matter what he does, people are going to die, and no matter what he does, they're going to say the people died because of Trump. And it's just amazing to see them turn a blind eye to uh, China's accountability for what's happening to us and turn on their heels and blame the president of the United States over on MSNBC, that deep thinker, Stephanie rule has decided that uh, what Joe Biden needs to do is just put him a, a shadow government in effect. When you see president Trump with his erratic leadership in his daily, you know, clown show press conferences to have real upstanding leaders like Barack Obama and Elizabeth Warren talk about Joe Biden in personal terms, the kind of leader he would be. That contrast is really important right now. And it's a contrast that the Biden campaign is going to bank on going forward. (laughs) 
That's funny. Then do they need to do it in a bigger way? You co- what did you just call it? The President's Daily Clown Show. That's his press briefing. Should mm-hmm. Joe Biden be counterprogramming that? Should he be creating his own shadow government, shadow cabinet, shadow SWAT team and getting up there at a podium every night saying, here's the crisis we're in. Here's what we need to do to address this. Stephanie Rule calling for a shadow government to counter program the president of the United States as he organizes our response to this. This virus has been thrust upon us by the communists in China. You know, that's, that's banana Republic stuff. That's when you have a coup and, uh, and the, the government crushes the coup, they run to another country and they set up a shadow government or a government at, in exile. That's uh, that's their big idea on what needs to be done over there at MSNBC. So Joe Biden is uh, facing a tough choice. He's got all of these. He's promised to pick a woman and, uh, and everybody's pushing him to, to choose Amy Klobuchar because she's from the upper Midwest. And she thinks that, you know, that, uh, that may return, um, Michigan and Wisconsin and, and, uh, and the upper Midwest to the Democrat column. The problem is, you know, she's, she's white. And it's, you need to twofer. The Democrats want um, want some diversity because, you know, all of the all of the minority candidates. I'm doing air quotes here, were banished from the stage, while there were still five or six. I guess there were five white people still left standing up there. And uh, and now, you've got. Um, Elizabeth Warren, so she's uh, representing the Native Americans. You've got uh, Stacey Abrams. She wants to be the real African-American candidate. You've got Kamala Harris, who wants to be the fake African-American candidate. She's not African-American. She, her dad was a Jamaican, and her mother was an Indian. She's a Jamaican-Indian-American. And, uh, and what's really ridiculous about this elizabeth warren came out and gave her endorsement yesterday i'll play you that clip and then i'll comment on it to endorse joe biden as president of the united states almost six weeks after dropping out of the race for the democratic presidential nomination u.s senator elizabeth warren endorsed former vice president joe biden in a video released on twitter the Massachusetts progressive is now the third high-profile Democrat to throw her support behind Biden this week, following former rival Bernie Sanders and former President Barack Obama, as party factions appear to coalesce around the goal of defeating Republican President Donald Trump in November. And now it's up to all of us to help make Joe Biden the next president of the United States. Uh, not today. When she quit the race in the first week of March, Warren did not endorse either Biden or his chief rival, Bernie Sanders. And want to take a little time to think a little more. She wants to think a little more. So now we've got uh, we've got Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, Stacey Abrams, Gretchen Whitmire. All of them are uh, jockeying to be Joe Biden's vice president. And it's just amazing to watch especially in the case of Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren, who were all about believing survivors, believe all women, turning a complete blind eye to these 
allegations of a sexual assault against Joe Biden back in 1993 by one of his uh, young Senate staffers named Tara Reid. She's being smeared in the mainstream media. She's definitely not getting the Christie um, Ford treatment. She's been assumed to be lying. The New York Times said she filed a police report and filing a false police report carries a prison term. They're not, they're not interested in what Tara Reid has to say. And Elizabeth Warren was probably one of the, the most um, uh, strident condemner of men's m- misbehavior. You remember when she spun on her heel and told uh, little Mike Bloomberg just ripped the hide off of him because he'd had allegations of saying inappropriate things around women. Now that same Elizabeth Warren's totally uninterested in me too, or hashtag believe all women. You can go back and find clips of Kamala Harris in the Kavanaugh hearing where, you know, she was, she was telling people to sit down and shut up that, uh, Christine Blasey Ford was just telling the truth and you had to believe her, but she doesn't any longer. I guess it depends on who they're accusing or whether or not they're going to be believed that they're accusing a Republican. Of course it must be true. If they're accusing a, a Democrat, well, you know, we have to take a close look at this accusation. And by the way, we're not going to take a close look at this accusation because they are, uh, they are suppressing it in the media. Elizabeth Warren's totally uninterested all of a sudden in allegations of sexual um, misconduct. So I got a clip here. This is uh, this is Vernon Jones. Vernon Jones is a Democrat politician from Metro Atlanta. I know Vernon Jones uh, a little bit. Um, you know, I was uh, head of the Firefighters Association in Atlanta and in Georgia. Part of Atlanta actually lies in DeKalb County where he was uh, the chief executive. So I've had some dealings with Vernon Jones, a, uh, a, a, a pretty competent administrator. DeKalb County is uh, one of the biggest most populous counties in the nation. Um, and it has got one of the biggest school systems. He did a pretty good job. He, he did get ensnared in, uh, in some corruption related to the county procurement system. But in Atlanta, that's just baked in the cake with a, a mayor of Atlanta or a, a chief executive of DeKalb County or, or some, uh, some executives in Fulton County. You're going to use those procurement, those uh, contract awards to, to, to reward your cronies and uh, the, the contributors to your campaign. And Vernon Jones got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. But other than that, he did a pretty good job. <laughs> other than being a crook and stealing from the taxpayers, he did a pretty good job. But uh, Vernon Jones is now coming out in, uh, in support of Donald Trump's election, and he's not going to be He's not the first and he's not going to be the last black Democrat elected official to do it. He is a state representative from DeKalb County and a lifelong Democrat now. And here is Vernon Jones. Hello, America. This is Vernon Jones, and I'm a proud member of the Georgia House of Representatives. But I've also been a lifelong Democrat, too. But today I've announced my support and endorsement of Donna J. Trump's campaign reelection. Now, let me be clear about one thing. I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. 
But one would say, now, why would a black man support Donald Trump? Well, I would reverse that. Why wouldn't a black man endorse Donald Trump? Isn't he the president that ushered in the lowest unemployment rate among blacks before the pandemic crisis? Isn't he the president that signed the Criminal Justice Reform Act? And finally, isn't he the president that overwhelmingly supported financially historical black colleges in which I'm a proud graduate of North Carolina Central University? I 100% support Donald Trump. And I wanna call on every patriot, every great American out there across this country, regardless of your race or whatever, gender, orientation. I want to ask all of you, young people, seniors, all in between, join me in reelecting Donald J. Trump as a president, our next president, our reelected president of the United States. Peace out, America. You know, that's a pretty good endorsement right there. I know he's not uh, as popular as Barack Obama, but uh, as endorsements go, Vernon Jones' endorsement of Trump was much better because he actually cited the accomplishments that Donald Trump had delivered for his constituents. There was none of that in Barack Obama's endorsement of Joe Biden. I mean, that was a strong endorsement. I'm going to, I'm going to make a point to play in that again uh, on the show. That sort of reminds me of back. um, I think it was Hosea Williams. (laughs) Send me an email and tell me if you recognize that name. Hosea Williams was, uh, one of, uh, Martin Luther King's lieutenants along with Jesse Jackson and Andrew Young, uh, Hosea Williams was, uh, and John Lewis, Hosea Williams was, uh, a, uh, he, he stayed true to his, his, uh, civil rights activism. He didn't, he didn't sell out and, and, uh, and, you know, uh, go to Hollywood. But I remember when Hosea Williams endorsed Ronald Reagan for president because he had done a good job. And uh, Vernon Jones is continuing in that that tradition. I can't imagine why the black community would vote for Joe Biden. Joe Biden was responsible for the the um, criminal justice act that landed so many people in jail a disproportionate uh, number of blacks for uh, minor crimes. That takes us to the end of this edition of right now for, for a Thursday. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. 
Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.